one of the events that I think kind of made me like a very angsty teen and kind of was like a little traumatic. Between eighth grade and high school, I went to India with my family and I was basically doing like the Indian version of a bar mitzvah. It's called like a string ceremony. You get this like, it's a Hindu ritual, kind of becoming a man. I felt really connected to my family and my culture. I was there for a month. I was like, this is awesome. Like the last night I was there though, I was hanging out with my grandparents. We were all having a good time. And my, my grandma makes a joke or whatever. She's like, uh, next time, next time Vishal comes back, we got to find him a wife. Mind you, I'm 12 at this time. And right. I look at my mom and I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, she's joking, right? And my mom's like, no, no, no. Like in a couple of years, we're going to get you an arranged marriage. I was 12. <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? Because I grew up on like American sitcoms. You know, right. I had never even dated at this point. I wanted to have like the quintessential American experience. The idea of like you go on dates with multiple people yeah. and find one that fits. Yeah. yeah. Just like I had a vision of my life, you know, based on what I'd seen. And they were just like, we're going to impose some amount of control on your life. That was the most disconcerting mm -hmm. thing was like the loss of control. And I just remember I just like was crying all night. I was like so upset. But first, a word from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the aunties, the memas, the matriarchs, and everyone at MILF Manor. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. No, I have not seen the show yet. I'm getting to it. Milf Manor is in the queue. I know I am like a, 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 a spot on demo in Psychographic. Frankly, I'm, I'm sure we're all thinking, why is Billy not hosting Milf Manor? And I agree. And yes, I have brought it up with the casting director of the show who I happened to meet at a party one time. But, you know, for now, I will be a viewer. I have read some criticisms on the Twitter, though. <laughs> and frankly, the more criticisms I read about Milf Manor, the more excited I am to watch MILF Manor. Like, apparently people are pissed. Like, I didn't even realize that the show was, uh, like, MILFs and their sons in a house and they date amongst that pool. And I was just like, oh, great. Like, just make it hotter. Like, you just described some of my favorite pornos. I'll let y'all know what I think. But welcome to the show, everybody. This week on the pod, in the spirit of reality television, my guest this week is a stand-up comedian, and he was also one of the dudes on Netflix's Indian Matchmaking, Vishal Kalyanasundaram. He's on the first few episodes of season two, and if you're here just for the naughty of Vishal juice, oh, don't worry. He is going to tell you all about it. He definitely pulls the curtain back on the process and the shooting and what went down with Nadia. So I'm very excited to share that conversation with y'all in just a little bit. But first, show dates, people. Show dates tonight, January 18th. If you're catching this in time, Valley Stream, New York, I'll be at Zapphires at 10 p.m. Free show. 
Uh, and then sorry if you showed up last night and I wasn't there. Not my fault. I got bumped. Uh, I will be at Revision Lounge next Tuesday, January 24th in Manhattan. But then next Friday, that's the big show. The main event, January 27th, is the Naked Comedy Show at Hacienda. Very excited for this one. We've got a great lineup booked. As of last Friday, I can't speak for right now as you hear this, but last Friday when I checked in with Beth, we'd sold over half the tickets two weeks in advance. So this is going to sell out. You're going to want to get your ticket now. You're going to want to get your dates tickets now. If you're a thruple, then you're going to want to get all those tickets for however many people are in your queue. Get them now while they're available and hot. You're going to have to wait till next month. I got a ticket link for you at the top of the show notes of this episode. Planning a cute date is like something I really miss about being in a serious romantic relationship. I just feel like that was that's a little part of it. You do these cutesy wootsy little extra things for each other or together. And I have this lover that I've been seeing for, gosh, uh, probably almost seven months now. And we're we're going to do a all-day clerks marathon, which probably sounds exciting to not many of you. But for me, look, Kevin Smith is kind of a kink. This chick, she's uh, she's seen Clerks and some of the other movies, but I don't think she's seen Clerks 2, certainly not 3. And so I, for a couple months, I have suggested this, and she was down, and we finally have it on the books. And we're just going to all day watch uh, all three Clerks movies interspersed with food and fucking and imbibements of sorts. So very excited. It's going to be Clerks. Clerks 2, Clerks 3, but like obviously true fans know that between Clerks and Clerks 2, you need to watch like the opening 10 minutes of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which all takes place outside of the quick stop. Because the kid that he tries to sell the pot to in Jay and Bob Strike Back is like the same guy who approaches him outside of the movies in Clerks 2. And and, and it's also so you know the song, you know, 15 bucks, little man, put that shit in my Patreon. I'll let y'all know how my, uh, my clerk's day goes next week. I'm, I'm quite excited about it. Her job is I sent her a picture of all my butcher box meats and she, like, I don't want to have to decide. I don't have to pick, but she's going to choose what we cook together. But it's very nice. I like, I plan the date. She's got to pick the meals. Solid. And then this other person in my life who I've been hooking up with for a few months. Now we, we've been starting to do these gym dates. She wants to get back in the gym. I just got back in the gym since I had COVID in November and, and I'm getting my body right again. And she's like, can I come with you? And you all know I rock that Planet Fitness Black card. So it's like, oh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, just, you know, getting back, doing the dates. I'm not on the apps yet right now, but I'm I'm having my fun and I'm getting intimacy in these relationships that I'm in. I don't exactly always know what to call them. I, I kind of end up calling them lovers, sometimes partners. I don't really know what to call because we're dating, but we're not on the dating like relationship escalator. We are not dating uh, right now for the intent to become like boyfriend, girlfriend so that we can then uh, like maybe one day move in together and then maybe, you know, co-mingle finances or raise a family or get a dog. We're just, we care about each other. We love snuggles. We love fucking, we talk most days, we like dates. And right now that's like, that's what I get the capacity for. I say, uh, whereas in, uh, you know, today, a year ago, I 
was getting on a plane to Jamaica with Wallet Note Lady. And my social media has decided, like, I need to be reminded about the one who got away. I I need I need happy memories to make me sad now. Great. Do y'all go through your social media and delete photos of you and an ex after the breakup? Is that a thing people do? Like, do you do that? I, I, the closest I've gone to that is like, I remember Paige and, uh, and Shay both were like, they demanded I take things off my Instagram. They were like angrily texting or emailing me, be like, you need to delete all the pictures of us together on your Instagram. Like, whoa. And that, I don't know, that felt like a particular level of sadistic because like, oh, you want those off my Instagram grid. But like now I have to go through all of my Instagram photos and I have to now like relive our relationship post by post as I delete them. That sucks. I'm wondering what y'all do. I wonder what your practice is. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can let us know in the episode discussion channel in the champagne room. Did you like that sliding seg? I thought that was smooth. The Champagne Room is a sex-positive Discord server. It is free, and it is open to all. Uh, you don't even have to be a fan of this show. If you're here for the Indian matchmaking, that's cool, but maybe you want some community. Maybe you want to be able to talk about dating or kink or non-monogamy or love or butt stuff in a safe space with like-minded people. Then the Champagne Room is for you. Like right now as I record this, there, there are some side conversations going on about like a uh, how to tell a first date that she has terrible breath or if you tell her, right? I, we, that's the question. Uh, we're talking about, you know, what happens to the sex toys after a breakup? Who gets them? The Champagne Room, it's a wonderful, beautiful place. We hope you'll join us in there. Uh, and for those wondering, no, we did not win the Mega Millions pool. We won $36. How much did we invest? 110 But everyone got their $2.13 back if they wanted it. Before I get to my guest this week, Vishal, there's an interesting email I want to read. And it's interesting also because it's not like an email someone sent me. Sometimes you all need some advice. Sometimes you all have some feedback. Sometimes uh, you all have something really interesting to share. Uh, This is a, a lover of mine sent me this email that someone she knows got from Craigslist as like a response for looking for a roommate. And this is an example of... I'll tell y'all in a minute. This guy is answering an ad, pretty normal ad for a roommate. He writes, I recently saw the ad for the room and want to know if the room is still available. I am, name redacted, pleasure to meet you. I'm originally from Place Redacted and I've been living in New York City for six years. I work as an event planner for a catering company based out of Brooklyn and I do part-time work at an exclusive private BDSM dungeon during some nights. I keep to myself... I will rarely have guests over. I rarely cook and won't leave dishes in the sink. I'm very laid back and chill. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm a fun person to be around. I love small talk, but in my private life. You know, this email was fine, like up until right now. In my private life, behind closed doors, I'm active in the swinger lifestyle as a bull that plays with cuckold couples. And even then, I'll even give you that. You're given a fun, maybe that's your one fun fact. But then he goes on. Cuckolding is a marriage where the husband derives sexual pleasure from watching his wife have sex with a man who has a larger penis. In parentheses, he wrote, me. (laughs) As a bull, I'm the third party brought into a cuckold relationship, meant to have sex with the wife while the husband feels both humiliated and turned on by watching me have sex with his wife. 
Cuckolding is a fetish that is frequently depicted as the woman of a heterosexual couple engaging in sex with another man, the bull, and then in parentheses, in case you weren't sure, he wrote, me. Her husband, the cuck, is aware of this sexual relationship and is sometimes a non-touching participant who derives pleasure from the degradation of seeing his partner be better satisfied by a hung black male like myself. Dude really wants his potential roommate to know that he is uh, he is hung and he will fuck your wife. For couples who practice BDSM and cuckolding, many want to progress past just the wife talking about lovers. And want to participate in the physical act of it. While they are humiliated and degraded by their wife taking on another man, the cuck will usually be aroused and turned on by it. One thing I have always believed, if you can't admit who you really and truthfully are, how can you say you are anything? That's deep. I'm a bedroom dominant, romantic, oral loving, hedonistic, old school black bull. I have never wanted to do anything behind anyone's back. There is honor when you are standing in their living room, given the hand of your new hot wife presented to you by her husband, than having him lead you to their bed and bedroom. Cuckolding eliminates the word cheating and replaces it with the word sharing. Cuckolding is a team, a team which consists of three components, each component giving into their desires, wants, and fantasies, and turning away from the term vanilla. I feel very special in still being able to do what I do and dedicate myself to the style of cuckolding. I believe that a bull should speak truthfully, lead respectfully, fuck fiercely, and with raw emotions. This is the bull I am. Although many couples who play with cuckolding don't necessarily incorporate black male alphas into their play, many do. Why? Sure, there is the visual beauty of dark skin against light skin, but the interracial aspects of cuckolding have many more layers than just how it looks. Another reason is the distinct difference between making love and fucking. If a woman wants to feel cherished and loved, she'll make love to her submissive boyfriend or husband. However, there are times when a woman wants to be taken, not made love to. Making love is great, but it can get very boring, and let's face it, sometimes you just want to get fucked, in all caps. That's when our attention turns to the black alpha male. The whole point of cuckolding is for the female in a relationship to feel sexually satisfied. Usually, it's because their partner has a relatively small or average size. I deeply apologize if I explained too much. Oh, that if, if you did, if I just wanted to be honest and direct so you can get a better understanding of who I am as a potential roomie. I'm very open-minded and I'm all about sex positivity. Again, I'm sorry if I may have made you feel uncomfortable with the details. Just wanted to give you a little insight into my private life. If it's not an issue, I would love to view the room. Thank you and have a blessed day. I think he missed uh, such a crucial word towards the end of that that email. Uh, private life. I think the writing needs a little rework, but like that might be a nice little like TED talk or TikTok to do. But I I don't think the intimate details of your sex life are that necessary in a roommate application. Now, I don't know if this dude had like ulterior motives because the the I think the person receiving the email is a woman. I think he knows that. So I don't know if he's just trying to really throw it in there like, yo, I fuck and I'm hung and I love doing oral. I'll hold space that it's a little bit more insidious. But this is just like this is just a, this sounds like a dude who needs a friend. This sounds like a dude who belongs in the champagne room, to be honest with you. This dude seems to need other people who like live a similar lifestyle. He can just chit chat with. 
because he seemed like re- he, this email reads like he's very excited to explain the thing to somebody. So, you know, to be clear, you know, the person who sent me the email and her friend who sent her the email, you know, that's that's not kink shaming. It's just we are laughing at someone who uh, is over fucking sharing. There is a time and a place for everything, including how hung and black and bully you are. But it's not in your roommate application, dude. Jeez. There's also part of me who's like, this guy could very well uh, be listening to the show right now. And if you are, one, would love to hear from you. Two, don't do that again. They don't need to know. They don't need to know that. Working at the dungeon's okay because that's like part of your work. If you're if you get paid to work at the dungeon, you give that minimal amount of detail. If they want to know more information, they will ask. Again, otherwise, you fucking just, yikes! Holy shit. Anyways, uh, if you've got some words to send to me, you got some comments, some questions, some criticisms, you can send any and all of that over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. One more thing to take care of before we get to our guest this week, Vishal. It's the fan whore appreciation moment. All right. I want to give a shout out to Brianne Sandoval. Thank you for your annual membership on Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting the show up front for the whole year. I hope you enjoy all your bennies. I hope to see you at Hot Movie Night tomorrow night. And who knows? Maybe I'll catch you on MILF Manor one day. If if we are all so lucky. <laughs> um, thanks again, Brianne, for your support on Patreon. And you too can become a member and receive a slew of great rewards. You gain access to bonus episodes of the pod. Access to patron-only chat groups like The Peep Show and the satisfaction of supporting an independent content creator. Become a member today. Support the pod you love at patreon.com slash Podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast, or download the Patreon app and find me on there. All right, let's get to my conversation with Vishal Kalyanasundaram. I fucking got it again. Okay, I fibbed a little bit. I do have a couple ads, and then the show. I mean, I I, ima- I can't imagine Auntie was into uh, non monogamy, and uh, <laughs> imagine they had someone be like, "I am looking for two husbands." <laughs> and she'd be like, "Twice the work." For me. That's, <laughs> that's got to be tough, dude. They should. I wonder if that would be like a good. They should make that the next season. Like, gets <laughs> get someone who's like trying to be a lesbian. Have her set that shit up. Just get the entire cast to start fucking each other. Like, why not? I'm in, I'm, I'd watch that. I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right now, time to introduce um, fellow comedian uh, and and one of the 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 do we say co star of uh, one, one of the, one of the people? You could just say <laughs> one, of the one of the one of the dudes. One of the dudes uh, on the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking, yeah. Vishal Kalyana Sundaram. Did oh, I you you practice that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, what, what was that? You go. Do you want a high five? So at least, yeah, dude. You, you were so excited. Doctor Jana, yeah, very different. Doctor Jana. I think this is the last name I told you about at Pine Box. Her name's Doctor oh, Jana. Yeah, yeah. Vrangalova. Vrangalova. V. Who's that? V r a n g o l o v a. Very Romanian or Macedonian or something. Who's that? She's a. She's like a sex. Uh, sex researcher. Ooh. And like sex educator. Okay. And so just I remember being very intimate and 
she's kind of got like dommy energy so i was like i, I don't want to get this name that's wrong. the russian in her yeah yeah right yeah. so like i think you two have had the most difficult last names where i'm like very nervous i don't want to fuck i don't want to be disrespectful to the macedonians or the indian people no no you did you did perfect Thank macedonians you a little bit more okay because there's less of them so it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a billion of us <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to piss off a continent <laughs> no no i think it's a it's a name where i think like if you try to say it, it like comes out phonetically with like the Macedonians and the Eastern Europeans, there's like a random X in there somewhere. I don't know. Jerry Seinfeld's got that bit. It's like it's uh it's G H A N and then the symbol for boron. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the the taxi driver. Right, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> but I just finished watching uh your episodes. Did you watch the show before? Or you just no. heard about it through me. Oh, so you watched my episodes. I hate reality television. Right. I do I mean, not watch. Yeah. So okay, I'm curious what your take was then. It was interesting. I look, I understand why people like reality TV is an mm. easy watch. Yeah. I don't want to use my time with the TV for easy watch. I want like art. It's also because I know how fake it is. Like I also yeah. like I studied producing. Like I studied yeah. reality television yeah, in yeah. college. I have read books about reality television. I've been on reality television yep. and I just know like I can watch and be uh, like last night I was watching Naked Attraction with someone, which is like a London Okay. Dating show where you show yourself naked first and they eliminate you based on your junk. <laughs> Whoa. It's like on like 10 o'clock on Friday nights, like on their no, equivalent like of ABC. <laughs> yeah, like their equivalent of ABC or something. Like it's wow. on one of the four channels, right? Okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes like there was, a, there would always be a line somebody would say and I could be like, a writer wrote that line. Mm. Like they were fed that line. I could, yeah. Yeah, and I, that's, it, so it just takes me out of it all. Yeah. Um, so I'm not a fan of reality for that, but yes, I watched those and it was, it was fun. It was interesting. They, they did a good job casting. Um, they had good personalities or interesting personalities. Did they? Yeah. I mean, do you feel like the, when, and also someone who's been fucked over in editing, Yeah. do you feel like you were, ac things were accurately portrayed as they happened or do you feel like things were twisted for a narrative? Do you want me to go into the specifics? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or also first, let's just say like. Explain what Indian matchmaking is for my listeners who have not been watching the show. How would I describe it, dude? It was both sh the show and the practice. Yeah. Well, the show, the show was a show that came out during COVID when everyone was into reality TV. By the way, I only started watching reality TV during COVID too because I I had a roommate who was a girl who loved The Bachelor and she made us start watching it and then I got really into it. And the woman I told you that I was fucking during COVID. She also loved reality TV. Uh, okay. So we actually watched Indian matchmaking together. She was like a 42-year-old Jewish white woman. And she was like, wouldn't it be so crazy if you were on this show next season? And I was like, yeah, it would be crazy. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams, you know? <laughs> um, the, sh the practice, I mean, uh, people know about like arranged marriage and stuff uh, in India. I feel like things are changing a little bit more. But like generally, like... You know, back in the day, it was like, uh, you know, you turn a certain age and then your parents are like looking for people that are where your families are compatible and stuff and these various degrees and they like find you a person and you, you meet a few people and you're like, all right, I like them. And then you get engaged and then you get married six months later. Uh, now it's like and not six of, months because you need six months to get no it just it takes that long to plan the wedding that is exactly <laughs> yeah you get a and actually my parents told me that during their six months of being engaged, that's when they were quote-unquote dating you right. know they would go on walks on the beach and stuff and get to know each other but 
now it's like uh you know you get like a matchmaker sometimes i guess and they'll help you like look for people within their pool there's like this whole concept of like by a really good documentary about modern indian arranged marriages i think is so fascinating it's called meet the patels oh have you seen it i've not seen it but i've seen like the trip i remember like that's when i started following him Oh, Is, really? isn't he a comic or he's, was a he's, comic? He was on Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Okay, uh, he's an actor. Yeah, I I think it's really good. I almost make it like required watching for all the white women I date. <laughs> 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 if we're dating for long enough, I'm like, hey, babe, why don't we watch Meet the Patels? <laughs> you can see what you're getting into. Um, but it it's it really shows like what kind of the maybe current version of like a r- Indian arranged marriage might look like. And I don't want to give the movie away too much, but it, it kind of talks about things like, you know, there's bio data's now, which is like this almost, it's like a resume uh, for your dating life, you know, and mm-hmm. it, it's literally includes like stuff that might be on your resume, but also like your personality, maybe and stuff, your parents kind of compile it, you send it to other people and then you like meet up with people. You kind of like date a little bit. So it's almost just like being set up with someone now. Yeah. Um, but and I can talk about it's like really it sounds like very intense online dating. It's like on the show they print, had the printout and they had like the one page, the one sheet, yeah, with the picture and the and the, That's info. the bio data, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you said bio data. I thought like you meant like I thought it meant biological. Like and he also weird he term, already yeah, carries like, the X one G one gene, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little yeah, like a little uh, bio chip that they put inside you, and you get like matched up. I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vaccines, man. They get you all these bio datas. Um, I've been working on this bit this week too about because literally last week my parents signed me up for this uh, Indian arranged marriage website mm-hmm. called Shadi dot com. Um, but I haven't seen the profile they made for me, but they're like trying to like make this shit happen. I'm just like, do do it for you if it makes you happy, you know? Like send me the women that you want to send me. I'm gonna say no to all them. Because <laughs> I mean it the disrespect, like I'm not I don't think attract like attraction is like the most important thing in a relationship, but like attraction physical or just phys- attraction. Like physical attraction, okay. but there's a baseline level of attraction and like if you're sending me twos, like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I do I sound like a dick? Want more for me. Exactly. I'm just like, they're probably great, but <laughs> I just want a baddie. But it's also like there better be an overwhelming personality reason why you are sending me someone who like. Right. And their their whole thing is they're like, she's a doctor. She must be great. And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking a, I'm a software engineer. I do comedy. I got like. Enough going for me. They're like, well, she might not like you. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't think about like relationships in the sense that often, but like, I'm not the most like masculine kind of guy, but like, there's some level. What do you mean by that? Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a manly man, you know, I'm not. What does that mean to you? Manly man. Um, like I, I'm not like, Ooh, I gotta like watch sports and shoot guns. And I, uh, I like, you know, maybe traditionally feminine. I like fashion. I like, you know, interior design. I like fucking things. Like, I don't know. I like things that maybe traditionally women like to do or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like sometimes I like I was just thinking about this yesterday, like sometimes in a sexual situation with a woman, I just sort of need to feel that like maybe masculine feminine dichotomy where there's almost like it feels like cute and intimate with us together, you know? And then I'm like, Oh, there's like that 
there can be an attraction, but then there's like almost that deeper intimacy that comes out that I need to be like really sexual with someone, I mm-hmm. guess. Is that making any sense? You, Absolutely. You know I mean, for and me, so, for me, the threshold is that threshold for me is the better sex first, like fine sex. Like I can yeah. still have sex without that, yeah. but it's better sex for me when I have that. Yeah. But I also don't make that me a, a deal breaker for like having any sort of fun encounter. Of course. Like you could have sex with them, but like, you know, afterwards it's just like, you don't feel like cuddling them and like, you know, nuzzling your nose. You're just like, all right, high five. Like mm. it's done. If I don't feel intimate with them, I don't want to cuddle them as much. You know, okay. there's not like a distance between us, which makes me sad because like I fucking love the cuddling and sure. smooching and stuff. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So wait, so why don't you want to see any of the women that your uh, your parents are picking out on this site? I mean, the, are they all I, just not attractive? Is that what's happening? Yeah, they <laughs> they sent me a couple last week. And I was just like, they seem fine, but like, they're just not my type, I guess. The know? whole matchmaking thing, I feel like, like in Western society, there'd be an element of um, desperation attached to even needing to do that. But yeah, but like, that's, it's, that's but, a big part. I tried to tell that to my mom. I was like, it's weird for me to like talk about this stuff because I don't want to come across as a douche in any way. But like, I, I'm tr- starting to accept that I have some amount of notoriety among the Indian community, at mm. least, you know, and like like obviously a lot of these girls be like oh my god i know that guy from like this fucking thing TV like, would be yeah. but i'm like why are they're like 25 and they're on this like arranged marriage website you know that's not like someone i want to but in india it seems like that's not i mean tell me if i'm wrong it seems like the whole matchmaking concept is just part of the culture well and you're not automatically desperate or sad if you do it no here's the other thing is india has gotten so much more progressive over the last 20 30 years mm. And there's this thing among, you know, immigrant kids. Our parents immigrated in the 80s or 90s or whatever. They're in like a time capsule of like the, my parents are locked into the the values of 1998. And anything that's become more progressive, they're like, oh, that's like American values. Those are Western ideals. We don't do that. We want to keep our traditional customs. It's like culture. maybe you don't. <laughs> like- well, that too. But also in the meantime, India has become more progressive. There's so many what they call love marriages in India. People are dating in India. People drink more. People do drugs there and stuff. Were you but saying it's so weird to marry for love that they've now named it? Like, oh, they're in one of those love marriages. Like- that's, that's exactly <laughs> what it's been called the whole time. Yeah. It's funny. It's like the way you frame things. In India, it's there's marriage and then there's love marriage. There's also, you know, veg and non-veg. You know, it's not like, you know, I'm a, I eat everything or I'm a vegetarian. It's like, you're non-vegetarian. It's the it's the, right. not the norm. Well, there's you know? that one chick who like wouldn't answer the fucking question. Yeah, he's like, own? "Are you vegetarian?" <laughs> she like, "I just don't want to be put in a box." Yeah. Like, have you eaten meat? She's like, "What do you define as meat?" I'm like, "Girl, <laughs> get the fuck out of my face." <laughs> uh, lacto ovo. Seven, yep. It's like, but you don't know what I just said. And it's like, and then he's like, "What you just said was you eat some meat." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't want to like say it on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but so it just seems like it's it's not like a sad, pathetic thing to do to be involved in matchmaking. It just seems like it's a thing that will happen. A thing will happen as maybe like almost parallel to you just naturally dating. Yeah. Like in addition to you seeking out people, like the family or the community will also try to help you yeah. find people. Which, I by mean, the way, help, in a country of a billion people, how difficult it is to meet people? What? It's not that hard. You and, should bump but, into people by accident all the time. There's so many people there. You do. <laughs> I want to say you said the word help. Mm-hmm. ideally it would be help the thing that rubs me the wrong way is when they try to force it 
sure on to you that's what where i'm like i'm like doing my thing right now i'm having a good time i'm like meeting people on my own but my parents are like you gotta do it this way and meet these people i'm like i i don't if you find me someone great like i'm more than open to it you know but i i don't want to just settle for this person just because you think they are you know they're a doctor or whatever well millennials like i think we were like this, this first generation of like wanting to honor our own choices and like mm-hmm. build our own pathways and that's what happens when you show off enough show us enough fucking disney channel movies where the entire thing is about being yourself yeah and defying <laughs> like what the norms are of family or expectations of society it was like well this is what you got now yeah. you got people who want to marry for love and not like who who but also seemed like there was an element of like not matching the people, but matching the families. That's such a big part of it. And the, I've talked to my mom so much about this stuff recently. And that's a big thing for her is just like, they're just like, you have to remember that this is like a marriage between families and like, you know, our families have to get along. And like, what if you marry someone white and their family doesn't like you? And I'm like, do fucking white people love me, dude? Like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> like all of my ex's parents love me. Like, that is not a problem. And they're like, well, what about your sister? I'm like, Shreya's 19. She is great. She's like, she's she's like me. You know, she's grew up in America. She, like, gets along with every race. And I'm like, I think you're just not admitting that, like, you're the one that's going to be uncomfortable. Like, you don't like white people. You don't like white people. They're like, <laughs> well, like, white people never invite us to their homes. I'm like, that's because you never fucking, like, try or want to go. Like, they like you. I think you're just hiding that maybe you don't like them. And my I don't uncle, want to get into like a whole <laughs> racist okay. thing, but yeah. we can if you want me to. But I mean, my uncle Joey second married an Indian woman, and uh, like our, every Thanksgiving up until maybe you know, a couple years ago, it was always at as Saji and Joey's house, and so it'd always okay. be her really big Indian family and my really big Italian family. And for like this one day a year, we would all be at her place watching football and eating turkey. That's and awesome. Relearning everyone's names like i, w- I would was, I was she like a Ameri- like an indian american was she like pretty americanized or oh yeah 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 and they're all like cool they're i mean the extended family yeah it's like they're pretty there's a lot of people there's a lot of cousins and a lot of like siblings and a lot of yeah. like aunts and uncles and and we have all of ours like you know my grandparents had four kids on my dad's side we all yeah. be like watch be like why do the cowboys suck like what's <laughs> going on yeah and it, there were no issues everyone's fine i mean the other thing is my parents are also like I don't I don't trust them to be like they they get they socialize well with their like, you know, Indian peers and stuff. But like I don't I've never seen them like super interact super well with like, you know, their white peers and stuff. So maybe that's something they got to learn to like open up and be more comfortable with. And maybe that's a lot to ask of them. But like, I don't know. It's my fucking life, I guess. And I can't like I can try to like work with them, but, you know, do what you got to do. As a kid, when were you first introduced to this concept like cognizantly Ugh. introduced the concept of arranged marriages, dude. This was one of the one of the events that I think kind of made me like a very angsty teen, and kind of was like a little traumatic almost. Uh, it was in eighth grade, between eighth grade and high school. I went to India with my family, and it was actually a very nice trip. Uh, I was there for a month, and I was basically doing like the Indian version of a bar mitzvah. Okay, it was like a it's called like a string ceremony. You get this, like it's a Hindu ritual, kind of becoming a man felt really connected to my family and my culture. I was there for a month. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, like the last night I was there though. Um, we were all like, I was hanging out with my grandparents. We were all having a good time. And my, my grand, my grandma makes a joke or whatever. She's like, ah, next time, next time Vishal comes back, we got to find him a wife. 
mind you, I'm 12 at this time. And right. I look at my mom and I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, she's joking, right? And my mom's like, no, no, no. Like, in a couple of years, we're going to get you an arranged marriage. I was 12. And I was like, what the fuck? Because I grew up on like American sitcoms. You know, right. I had never even dated at this point. I wanted to have like the quintessential American experience. The idea of like you go on dates with multiple people and yeah. find one that fits. Yeah. yeah. Just like I had a vision of my life, you know, based on what I'd seen. And they were just like, we're going to do this thing. Oh, we're going to like have this thing happen. We're going to impose some amount of control on your life. That was the most disconcerting mm-hmm. thing was like the loss of control. And I just remember I just like was crying all night. I was like so upset. Uh, it was. And then we get back to, you know, America. And then I go into high school. And I just remember like slowly beca- becoming more and more like detached from my parents as like any teenager would, you know. Um, yeah, that was my first experience. And it fucking sucked. Did you still like try to engage with like dating in high school and college? Because I yeah. can see an element of like, what does it matter who I meet because I'm not going to get to choose? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, at that point, I just, just slowly started to decide like, hey, I'm just going to like do things and like lie to my parents and like not tell them things. I, w- I had a my first girlfriend when I was in junior year of high school and then I had another one in senior year. And for years, I don't even tell my parents about who I date now. Really? You know, I keep it vague if... I make any references to it at all. My last girlfriend, I told them, I told my mom about her and she like, I asked like, Hey, it would mean a lot to me if you could like ask about how she's doing. Yeah. She did it once and then never asked about her again. I was very upset about that. As a white chick. I was white chick. Yeah. Uh, if she's an Indian chick. I feel like you, you think she'd be more curious. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You know, cause she thinks that's the, that could, that one that has potential. Because all those white, all these white girls, this is a phase. Vishal's just going through. He's just, you know, he's having his fun. But then we're gonna get him with the proper girl at the right time. Maybe, you know, like, <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah, Do they still know. think that you're gonna marry the person that they pick? I think they they feel they like that. that. Yeah, my my parents are so like literally like every couple of days my dad calls me and he's like we we got to get you married now like I was married but at your age we're like what? check your shoddy.com profile. I'm like we, that we don't gave want you to. a chance on the TV show it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> they begrudgingly did that. Which it was so weird for me to introduce that idea to them too because like I never talked to them about dating and I was like hey I'm going on a dating TV show and it was just like weird for them to even like think about that, you know. Yeah. What stops you from like really putting the foot down and very clearly telling them that you're going to your love life is going to go on your terms? I've tried. <laughs> like I constantly try to do that. And it's just another thing you have to deal with, I think, as an immigrant kid is like there's some amount of like manipulation that happens or guilt tripping. I get a lot of that. There's a lot of like, you know, we came to this country and we sacrificed so much and I, I work so hard, you know, 60 hours a week and I cook and I clean and I do all this stuff and we got to make money and like the least you could do is do this. And I'm just like, all right, I just got to exit this conversation. You know, there's like no, nothing I could say where you'll actually listen. Because it's, hu- it's still about the family unit, not the individual. Yeah. But but the the con- the, the industry of matchmaking is still very big out there. Thus, this show yeah. And when this way to bring it back, <laughs> well, you know, we, we got to talk about it. Yeah. So the older white lady, she says, wouldn't be crazy to do that show. And then how did we make that real? 
early 2021 i had already been so i had already been doing comedy for a little bit and now i'm like i'm thinking i want to get into more like so i feel like they never said you were a comic and i feel like that was on purpose they, they <laughs> never said i was a comic they never said i had a day job they never said anything about me really? like, no like people didn't even know i had a fucking job and i look at other people and i'm like they talked about other people's jobs i'm like what do i got going for me i don't know even the other people who are like dates or whatever like they brought up their job and stuff so I think that, I mean, that also fed into probably the persona that came across for me, which is like, you met me like a couple times in real life. Like you kind of know what I'm like. But then I look at like TV Vishal. I'm like, dude, TV Vishal fucks, dude. That's like yes, a cool he, does. he fucks. And so it, I look like a fuck boy on screen, you know? And I think part of it is like people don't know I have like a life outside of it too. And like they don't know all the elements of it. But yeah, um, I don't fuck as much as TV Vishal does. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was very interesting we'll, we'll get to you, maybe that we'll get there in a moment but how how do you get on was this a casting notice it was Did a casting, you know, yeah really okay and that, and what was the what was the process like for you i applied to just a bunch of stuff on backstages randomly you know sure. what i go when i remember to apply to things i'll apply um and then i got an email a couple weeks later that was like hey fill out this google form if you want to be on a show uh, where we Indian matchmake people, we're not going to tell you what the show is. I'm like, I have a good guess. <laughs> I feel like it might be the one. You're gonna do some Indian matchmaking. It might be that Indian matchmaking. It might be that one. On <laughs> and so then I fill it out, and like you, you know this. It's like a very slow process, right? I fill it out. I don't think much about it. And then a couple of weeks later, I probably get an email from this like associate casting person who's like, uh, "Hey, do you want to do an interview?" I'm like, "Sure." So we do like an interview. It's actually this guy named Sean, which is a really funny coincidence, uh, unrelated. The week I moved to New York, I go to House of Yes, and I like look. I'm like just wandering around. I see this guy who looks familiar. I'm like, "Hey, wait, are you Sean?" He's like, "Fish all." And it was just this <laughs> weird thing. Um, but yeah, yes, do that. And then they want to interview my parents, so I got to like ask my parents to do it. My mom's very begrudging about it, but she's like, "Fine." So they talk to my mom bad, and actually, Sean makes them feel very comfortable. And so she's like, "That was great. We love him." Uh, so then move on to the next step. I talked to like an EP. Um, she's like, Hey, like, yeah, do you want to do it? I'm like, yeah, I'm moving to New York. Uh, and she's like, great. We have a lot of people in the tri-state area. We're going to do a mixer. Just come by. I'm like, okay. And then the rest is kind of history. And it just kind of naturally, you weren't like, they didn't say come to this party and we kind of want you to, cause here's the thing. People don't realize reality producers are very hands can be very hands-on yeah. depending on the show. And so it's not always like, so they, they'll, they won't, it won't be like, Hey, say this or do this. They'll just kind of nudge you. They'll just be like, we think it'd be like so cool if like this happened. And they hope that you understand they want you to do that. Cause if you don't do that enough, they might just be like, we don't want them on the show. So my experience, it, they didn't have, they didn't say like, go talk to Nadia. No. So the mixer that you saw, that was very much just like a, well, we're just going to put all the kids in a playpen and see what happens, you know? So mm -hmm. that was like, I don't think there was a whole lot of interference there. I mean, after, although after like the show came out and seeing like some of what people said on the internet, I'm like, did the producers have like a whole master plan that I, and I was just a pawn in it and like everyone act because people were like, oh my God, the producers knew that like Vishal would have been there and like Nadia would have been interested in him. And then this whole thing would, and I was like, whoa, like was that? Because, like, I wasn't even actively pursuing Nadia. I just, like, showed up and I just, like, got drunk Sorry, and wanted to make friends. She was the one who sort of came on to me. And I was like, oh, this is this is great. You know, like, you've established your interest in older women. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I, I love them. And, like, I was happy to be 
pursued, I guess. And I, I was like, all right. On the actual dates themselves or other stuff that was filmed, there would be times where they would like, you know, we'd talk for like 45 minutes and they'd pull us aside and they would say, hey, like, um, say this, say this, or don't say this, this thing that you said makes you sound not good. Or, um, hey, like, we got to wrap this up or whatever, or things like that. Would y'all like to go for a walk? We just think it would be so cool if y'all went for a walk. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, like they asked us They asked us to kiss on camera. <laughs> and I was like, But, like, okay. only if you naturally would. But, yeah. like, it would be really great yep. if you did. But, like, only if you would, you know? But, like, right. do it. <laughs> I don't think that's the worst thing, though. Because, like, I feel like things on, like, The Bachelor, they probably make you do awful things. The worst thing, though, was, like, I don't think people know this. Uh, talked about on podcast before but like we i had like kind of talked about like breaking up with her like over facetime already like three or four times wait wait so but okay so spoiler vishal is like <laughs> villain vishal villain vishal yep gets f- here's where i was i was sitting there as soon as you start the thing i know what you're about to do to her but i'm also she just says like we flew him out like you flew to la to break up with her so the I mean the situation was we had been dating for like three four weeks and then um, you know we were having a good time but I was we started having talks about like being exclusive and I had already expressed like I guess general doubts overall I like was like having a good time and I wanted to see where it went but I was like oh I got to make a decision mm. at this point so I got or else I'd be leading her on so I brought up over Facetime I was like hey like I think we should not do this and i'm really bad at breaking up with people i i watched yeah well even so, when you knew that was what's gonna happen wasn't very good me yeah i mean i, I was try- sitting there like kind of upset with you why what could i have done better well part of it was i'm like one you flew out but like i know i understand there's like some let me let me get to that part okay, yeah, so, so like do that and then we'll come back so <laughs> i'm in new york she's in la i like talked to her over facetime i'm like hey we should break up and then we have like one or two more conversations and then i tell the producers i'm like hey we broke up and they're like, oh, okay. Oh, so you were already broken up. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And then they hang up and they get back to me a little bit later. They're like, hey, we think you should like fly out in person to like break up with her on camera. I was like, I don't think that's a good idea. And they're like, okay, well, I guess you won't be able to tell your side of the story. I was like, that's okay. how they get you. Yeah. I that's didn't have a literally what they say. And anytime you're not doing what they want you to, they will say, I'm just saying, like, it did, but then your side of the story doesn't get told. Exactly. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. So they like paid for a flight for me, like one way, by the way. <laughs> like, oh, what? Yeah. Not even a fucking round trip. So I, I, they do that. And then I go and people are like, like, did she know that you were going to break up with it? Yes. Like, we knew what the situation was. And so we have a conversation. We had been dating for maybe three, four weeks. It was like a three-hour conversation, one hour for every week that we'd been dating. I could tell because, like, by the you, when you walk in, it's very bright, and then, like, by the end, I'm like, "How many hours are they at this restaurant?" It got dark, <laughs> dude. It was like I felt like I was in speech and debate. I was like debating <laughs> this. Was and, the whole conversation about like this debate, this three-hour talk? Is this just about breaking up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we haven't been out together long enough for yeah. it to be this long. And like I mean, I'm not begrudging her. Like I feel like there were also general feelings overall that she was having. Sure. It was less about me and more about just like why it, does this keep happening to me? Which like I can't solve, and I I sympathize because I feel that way sometimes too. You know, mm-hmm. like I I get it. That's the evil of reality TV is that they would say like you have dumped this woman already, and we want you to fly out so we can get it on camera. Yeah, and we're gonna make her go through a breakup again, yeah. uh, just so we can make sure we have her crying. Yeah, and, and that's just the, the evil of the shit. Yeah, uh, I so I didn't know that. I suspected maybe 
I suspected that at least you knew that that's why you were flying out to go there. And so that's yeah. why I was like, this show. Again, you said you felt like you were in speech and debate. What do you mean? Like, is she trying to argue with you to not break up with her? Yeah. Hmm. Even though she knows, like, technically y'all were bro- like y'all were broken up. Yeah. It's odd because at one point you said like I just you know I don't I didn't I don't I don't want to hurt you but it's like that's you can't control that in breakups. I mean I I went through three ish breakups maybe three and a half with my my most recent ex um and every time she like wanted to make sure I knew like how much she cared about me or loved me or thought of me and or or told me how amazing I was or or even. Um, or saying like, I, you know, I want this to hurt as minimally as possible. It's like, you don't, you don't, it's not just say you can't control that. You don't get to, you forfeit your rights to control that outcome. Yeah. I think when people try to break up with people in ways that they think won't hurt them, they actually end up causing more hurt. Yeah. In part, at least my experience was you're demonstrating to me all this love and care you have for me, which just makes it hurt more. Cause you're just reminding me as I'm finding out this is over that like something here doesn't make sense to me. Like with yeah. her, she's like, how many times can I get told I'm amazing and wonderful and you care so much about me and I don't want to date you. Yeah. There's a, there's something that doesn't make sense in the equation. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of like, stop being sweet to me. Like you've done the thing now go away so I can try to heal. I mean, but also you were mic'd up and like, I, I, w- I would have been happy to, to have left yeah like, and like stop but i think the converse she wanted to continue the conversation which is fine but i mean to be fair maybe the producers wanted her to continue the conversation yeah. which is and like look <laughs> I, I i'll like take blame where blame is due that you're you're watching me at like you know 26 i'm 28 now i at 22 i probably could not even break up with someone i would probably the way i would break up with girlfriends at the time would just be like so checked out of the relationship that they would break up with me, you know, mm. like I'm not, I'm definitely okay. not good at relationships or, uh, so I'm like trying to grow and I, I, I think I'm somewhat emotionally intelligent, but that doesn't mean I'm like good at acting in the best possible way, but I'm getting better at it. And like now I would probably have handled it a little differently, but so I'll take the blame. I, w- I didn't think it was like terrible. I just yeah. like, I when when you said that line, I was like, I was like yelling at the screen. Yeah. No, that's that's a completely yeah. valid thing to do. And like you're watching me do one of my like first like adult breakups in that in that sense. On television. Yeah. So was it weird going on dates with cameras around? How'd that feel? At first it did, but then I kinda you kind of forget about it. Like 30 minutes into the conversation, you're just kind of like in in the flow, you know. Uh, <laughs> I would probably like try to like make more moves, but I, I don't with the cameras around. You know? It's like, what, uh, you know, I'd probably be like, oh, I'm trying to smooch right now. <laughs> but I didn't. You don't want like getting rejected. Like if you go in for a kiss and like she leans back, you don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> that would That's be awesome. Sad. That would be great. <laughs> Was there any were there any women on the show when you like watched it later where you were like, couldn't set me up with her? Uh, I mean, Nadia was my favorite of the three episodes I watched. Yeah, she seemed like the biggest catch and most modern to me. Right, pass. pass. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. Can't wait. <laughs> um, would you do? Would could you ever see yourself utilizing um a, a a matchmaker, dude? I think what I realized is like uh after having been on so many dates through dating apps and stuff is like I never find someone that sticks through a dating app. But I feel like the best relationships I end up making are like through friends of friends or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, or we have a shared connection in some way that makes me want to like stay around. So like maybe not a matchmaker, but like I definitely would love being set up by 
my friends and stuff. So like, yeah, if I could, I I actually like talked to someone recently who uh, is working on like a dating startup service thing, but like the premise is like, or like a matchmaking service, but the premise is like you're set up by friends and stuff. Mm. Um, and I'm like, that's a great idea, you know, like hinge, but more involved. Yeah, like your friends who are in relationships or whatever actively setting like their friends up. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, because it's like what your parents are trying to do. But like, I trust at least my friends more than my parents, you know. <laughs> what, but now, what, if any, value do you think parents bring to the table when it comes to like that matchmaking setting up process? Rationally, if I could remove my own feelings from the equation. Yeah. I think parents do sometimes bring think about those less fun things that you want to think about Mm -hmm. um you know one thing my mom always tries to like etch into my brain is like it's hard raising a family in this economy and this like you know people sometimes like lose their jobs and don't have the stuff so like it's worthwhile to think about finding a person who has like a stable job and can bring like another income and like help you like save for buying a house and like actually raising a family because my family has experienced its fair share of like financial struggles and so she's speaking from experience and stuff and i want to try to honor that um so things like that i think it's i think it comes back to like an element of parents loving you so much they want to make sure you know things or do things to you for you that you may not appreciate in the moment. Yeah. But they're just doing what they at least think is the best for you. Even if it's not, even if they got it wrong, they're at least trying because what, well, they love their kid. Yeah. And so like, it may not feel like they're picking like the ones that would be best matches for you, but they're also like prioritizing different elements because they want you to be safe. They want you when, you know, when parents say they want you to have a great job, I don't think it's because there's, not all of them. It's because they want to brag about their doctor kid. I think yeah. a lot of them, they just, they just want to make sure you're financially secure. And if you're yeah. financially secure, you're probably safe and they want their kids to be safe. It's not the only way to get safe, but I think so many just think, especially in older generations, that's the only way you can be happy and safe is this financial security via these pathways. So yeah. I think that's where it comes from. It sounds like you're saying they'll offer some pragmatic wisdom. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and it, she doesn't seem like she knows where she's going in her life. She's really fun and this, that, and the other thing. And she's loving and caring. But, you know, maybe you want that, but with some direction. Yeah. Or, you know, for example. My 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 only concern is, like, when you over-index on that and don't care about other things and stuff, right. which I, I think it's the it's good when the, it's introduced as a factor and it's something that you're like, oh, I got to keep it in mind. But it's bad when you're like, this is the only thing. It's also bad when, like, going back to the thing i said earlier it's like when you try to force it on a force a situation that doesn't feel like a good fit you mm-hmm. know so. mm-hmm. well i don't know maybe maybe your parents uh will find someone that a little bit a little bit more compatible that you're attracted to or yeah maybe I, a friend will set you upright but yeah i hope i hope it works for you um, yeah i mean hey man my problem is not with being set up or with arranged marriage if the pool is good, you know? Sure. Yeah. What, uh, now after doing the, sh- after the show comes out, did you, um, did you get like DM slid by a lot of people afterwards? A lot of people trying to get a Vishal date after seeing, yeah. uh, the guy who, he who fucks on the TV screen. Yeah. No, for sure. But like few, if any, were worthwhile because one, I don't know why people do this. But why do, why do you slide into DMs? with like a private profile like 
what like you're trying to get me to like be interested in you but like i don't even know what you look like or anything about you i'm going based off of your generic random pickup line message like no i'm not gonna do that like Uh, if it's private you better provide a lot like give me a nice healthy meaty message or you know make it unprivate yeah i don't want to follow you (laughs) i don't want to figure this out i also am like what a lot of people will like you know shoot their shot but also like not follow me and i'm like wow you hate <laughs> you, do you how much do you want date how much yeah, do you want exact- date for sure yeah give me them views exactly dude <laughs> what's like the best like slide you got though what was like the most did any of them impress you where you're like okay no 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 it's literally like only if i get a sense that they're like uh, their first message I could give a fuck about. It's just like, all right, do you seem like cute and cool? And then I'll like, you know, banter with you and try to figure it out from there. But it's never like the first message that makes me care. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So like, but if they, if they took a little more thought into like trying to impress with the very first message, that doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Try, still doesn't don't matter. Don't try that. Okay. Just unprivate your profile. <laughs> like that's all I ask. <laughs> Just some transparency, everybody. That's what we're asking. Exactly. For. exactly. You know, if, if you strike out with me, then you, know, you close it back off. Yeah. And there was actually one girl who I'm still kind of talking to, but she did that. She, and she told me, she had a strategy. She was like, she was a white girl, actually. Mm. Um, she was like, I, I had noticed her profile was private. And I, I was like, wait, weren't you public when like you first DM me? And she was like, yeah, I specifically made it unprivate for a day. So that way you could see what I look like. I was like, you fucking, you did the work and it worked. Good for you. She knew the assignment. Yeah. And we banged. And it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I, I hope the best for you in the, in the dating department. It doesn't seem like you struggle to get dates. No, I mean, I'm also trying to not date that much right now. I'm trying to just like focus on my comedy and stuff and like be mindful with I'm tired of going on dates that don't lead anywhere, wasting my my time on it. You know, yeah. I, I'm weirdly like in a mode now where I think I'm like more ready for a relationship than I ever have been. I kind of like sowed my wild oats to some extent. I got the validation I needed from strangers. You know, I don't really need to like fuck that much. I kind of want someone I can just hang out with so I don't need to like pursue mm. sex all the time because it's also a distraction for me, you know, and I'm trying to do comedy. Well, yeah, the, between the swiping and like the engaging in, in texts and conversations, which yeah. if you're being like a fun, flirty, textual partner, you know, that's creative juice. I mean, I think like when I'm being funny to you one on one, that takes a little, little bit away from me trying to be funny to a lot of people. At once. Exactly. Yeah. And I always enjoy I, I probably have too many female friends, unfortunately. Yeah. I just like like talking to you know women because like I like talking about feelings and shit, and <laughs> like they like that too. Well, yeah, and I, yeah, men scare me. I mean, this yeah. is why I very much enjoy. If anyone saw read my Mashable article about men talking to each other about sex, Vishal is in that opening scene where yes. I'm at the bar and yeah. two comics come up to me and have questions. And then we have this like in-depth conversation. I opened the piece that about talk, that. Yeah. yeah. And and that I don't normally have with men because normally they're like bitches though, right? Right. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm like trying to like hang out with dudes more and like. Me too. You want to be friends? Yeah, we can totally. <laughs> cool. Because I also need a break from like analyzing my feelings all the time. Like sometimes I just need to hang out with a guy and for him to tell me about like, dude, I was fucking this girl. I'm like, yes, dude, let me like tune out and like not think about every mistake I've ever made in a relationship. So you're saying about like having more, you trying to have more dude friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just hang out yeah. with my dude friends more. Cause it's like, yeah, you can turn your brain off a little bit more, you know? 
well, if you want to be friends, we can. I, I think you should do that first before you ask me if uh, if you can come to a sex party. So, like, <laughs> we could, yeah, we could do it. <laughs> I was like, dude, like we, I don't even have your phone number. I feel like <laughs> you, <laughs> Vishal hits me up and goes like, can I come to a sex party? <laughs> I, I am that kind of guy, though. Okay, in my, I thought I just thought it'd be funny. In my defense, um, I was with. Uh, a bunch of people and they were talking about sex parties and my my brain was like oh billy has the context of like what i'm doing right now and i was just like dude can i come to a sex party and i didn't explain anything else <laughs> see i thought you had seen because it was just after new year's and i went to a new year's orgy and oh, so no. i thought you saw me post about that and then was like can i come oh no <laughs> so that's what i thought it was and i was like bro there's a couple steps I I also don't need or want to come to a sex party. I I actually like would be down to go once just to like for the intrigue. But wait, like, you're you're not that down. You're not like that wanting to go, but you still ask the dude you kind of knew. Can I come to a sex party? Yeah, that was my attempt at being friends. Oh. <laughs> that's I'm not that's me trying to relate. <laughs> oh my bad. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense since like at the at Pine Box when we had that chat with the other guy it was like that was the instigating. Like, hey Billy, can we ask you about sex parties? Because I'm I was curious. Doing jokes about them. I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. I guess the last thing that I'll ask you about is just like, or do you feel like you're in a rush to settle down and like get married? That's a tough one because I I've had my parents. Everyone in the show was like in their thirties, right? Like it looked like everyone was like, kind "Oh of. fuck, I got to get married before 40. But you were like in your mid twenties, so. I mean, I went into the situation being like, "They want me to do this. It sounds like a fun experience, and I might meet an Indian baddie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I might meet that Desi Shadi for okay. sure. I mean, turning twenty eight, like I always have like this crisis. Right, I just turned twenty eight recently. I'm like. You know, my parents are telling me I'm like behind the curve and I should have been married by now. And it's like as much as I don't want to believe them. It's like you're, when your parents tell you things as irrational as that it might seem, it like gets in your head, you know, and I'm very self-critical. So I'm like, oh, I'm fucking up. You know, I'm, I should. And a lot of my friends, especially from back in the Bay, they're already like in relationships. They're getting engaged. They're getting married and stuff. So I'm like, man, if I, if I don't find someone now, like I'm going to be screwed, you know, and um. Yeah, I mean, trying to balance that, but also thinking about, like, you know, do I want this entertainment thing? Like, I want it to work out, but, like, what's the timeline on that? And, like, I I do want a family. I think I'd make a great dad. I don't know when I'm going to do that. So just a lot of thoughts with no answer, basically. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it's, but, but it doesn't sound like you're in a rush. It sounds like that you're getting an idea of, like, what you want. Yeah, I mean, not in a rush and, like, if you told me I was getting married in the next year, I feel like that might be too soon. Well, yeah, when you sat down with Nadia, like one of the things like you had said, like on one of the dates was like, I want, you know, if, you know, if timelines are correct on moving forward. Yeah. And I was hearing it from you, like, I want to have a, I want to be in a relationship before I do the marriage family stuff as opposed to, totally. yeah, in six months, let's, let's get going. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want to do that. And like I was saying, like right now I'm getting to a point where I'm like, like, I think a relationship would be like healthy for me, mm. you know? soon ish maybe so we'll see you know i'm not trying to force a situation keep my fingers crossed for you man thank you my friend <laughs> well if uh if anybody wants to come follow you find you they uh they can check out the season two first three episodes of indian matchmaking you, you'll see vishal in that and uh <laughs> now you know some of the behind the scenes stuff yeah um but yeah where can people go follow you if you can follow me on Slide instagram in dms at, yep it, <laughs> Unprivate your profile, all right? That's my one request. Um, it's at Vishal Cal on Instagram, at Vishal Cal on TikTok. That's Dude, Vishal, V-I-S-H-A-L-K-A-L. Yeah, dot K-A-L. Dot K-A-L.
Yeah. Got to get that dot in there. Got to get the dot or else you're going to find some other random Indian dude, one of a billion, you know. And be like, hi, are you you the Vishal? And he'll be like, yes, He's like yeah. Why not? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, folks, you know, go check him out. Uh, funny dude. Been seeing him around the, the comedy scene uh, since since opening up for COVID. And, uh, you know, it seems like a good guy. Do guys do like friend dates? I don't even know how dudes. I said this morning to a friend. I was like, I think my goal for this year is to get into a, invited into a group chat. Like, <laughs> it's like, this is all I want. Uh, but folks, go uh, go follow Vishal for the fifth time. I think I've said it. I don't know how. I don't why, I know why I'm having trouble landing this plane. <laughs> but I'm just going to say thanks again. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> Wait, wait, the show is not over yet. It's not done. If you hang tight real quick, I got a little teaser for you at the end. I got some more content for you. But before I give you any more saucy material, I'd love to know what you thought about this week's episode. Shoot me an email with your comments, your questions, your feedback. Maybe you need some advice. Maybe you need to tell me to go fuck myself. You can send any and all of that over to manhorpod at gmail.com. Uh, and don't forget, tickets for the Naked Comedy Show. They are selling fast. This is going to sell out. There's a link. There's a ticket link at the top of the show notes. Also in the show notes is going to be a link to my latest Mashable article. I didn't want to like clog up the intro telling you all about that, but uh, I had a killer piece go up on Mashable this week. It's a beginner's guide to sex parties. Really, if you just want it laid out in a nice, easy-to-read format with some examples and some hot tips to kind of just get things started, to acclimate you to like what you can kind of expect, check out my Mashable piece. It talks about consent, sexual health, what to wear, how much it costs, what to do once you're in an orgy pile. I'm excited to share it with you. And I'm also excited to watch porn with you. Yes, tomorrow is another... I don't I, I don't have it. I don't have a good one right now. I'm just going to say it. tomorrow's a hot movie night. 9.30 p.m. Eastern time in the champagne room. Patrons only. We're going to be watching A Night at the Adonis. It's a gay porno. Become a member today of my Patreon and you can join us in there at patreon.com slash podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast, or download the Patreon app. I'm on there too. Last words I'll say about anything and Patreon is, uh, you know, tomorrow I'm going to drop a bonus episode with Vishal. Uh, it's just got some some stuff that clipped out that didn't make the main show. But instead of playing you a teaser of that, just, you know, because of, uh, you know, I'm in my feels. Last year, I posted a three-part series, um, like 3,000 words in total, uh, really like summing up my time in Jamaica with Wallet No Lady. It's full of very, very intimate details. It's pretty much just like documenting all the sex that we had in Jamaica. And I'm going to play a little, uh, a tease, a clip uh, of the audio version of that. And if you want to get to that bonus episode specifically, I'll also have a link to that one in the show notes. But I don't know. Uh, I'm going to try to put this little tease out there and then try to get the sadness about Wallet No Lady out my body. Because true love, she is out there. Roughly 3.5 miles away from me. Okay, everybody, stay slutty. No one makes me feel sexy like Wallet Note Lady does. Truly. No partner used their words like she does. 
She's always calling me hot. She's always grabbing at my body. She's always in awe of my pieces, my penis, my person. She hopes for nudes on her phone throughout the day, and I do my best to oblige her. While I know Lady asked for my phone to take pictures of me stroking my morning wood, continuing to comment on my body, she joined me in bed where we...